Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Knowing the ingredients that are in beauty products is becoming more and more important to consumers. Today's guest has created a platform that makes it easy to learn about what goes into our favorite products and helps us to make more sustainable choices. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review. So go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. We are bringing back the pop quiz segment of the show. I know we have some consistent listeners, so this might be easy for you. Each week, I'll recap something that was covered in the past episode. It could be last week's episode or one from two months ago. If you know the answer, simply DM at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram, and I'll give you a shout out and stories. Got it? Okay, so in episode 75 with Alexandria Ashton, a sustainability consultant, we talked about how digital art can incorporate sustainable fashion. What was the tech platform that we used as an example? If you know the answer, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll give you a shout out. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Today's featured Sustainable Brown Girl is Reza Christian founder and editor-in-chief of Sustain, an online sustainable publication focused on creating a diverse and inclusive space for people who are eco-conscious. Through Sustain, Reza and her team inspire us to give a damn and cheers us on as we make our first baby steps into this world of sustainability. Thank you so much for joining us today, Reza. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast and I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. So let's go back to the beginning, as we always do, and tell us how your sustainable journey began. Yeah, I like talking about this because I think that um, everyone's journey is a little different. And for me, I always like to share the story of, um, so I grew up in a pretty like lower to middle class family, um, Hispanic Mexican household. 
And, um, you know, we would do things like recycling cans and water bottles for extra cash so we can go like to the movie theaters. I have like three brothers, so there's four of us. So like sometimes my parents cannot afford like extra things growing up. So we would recycle like religiously. And of course now there's a nuance to recycling, like not everything Mm -hmm. actually truly gets recycled. Um, But we would, you know, go to the actual recycling center and like build trash bags upon trash bags of water bottles and cans and of course i don't you know use water bottles plastic water bottles as much per se now but back then um i feel like it was just things about being resourceful like i i like to call it being resourceful and saving money was our way of being eco-friendly without really realizing it and like Mm -hmm. thrifting because we needed to save a dime or going to swap meets to pay for secondhand clothes and reusing plastic bags, plastic spoons, like all of that. Like I still do that now. I actually reuse like my foil and my Ziploc bags because that's what I would do growing up. So um, I would say it became from that, but I didn't know what sustainability meant until I came, grew up and came to college um, Mm -hmm. and knew more about like the more nuances of sustainability as what we know today. Um, Right. Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of people of color kind of have the, a similar backstory, you know, because we come from, you know, like lower or sometimes like lower middle class families. And, you know, we thrift to make because we can't afford like the new clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, just reusing things so often. So, yeah, it's yeah, mm-hmm. that's a I totally relate. <laughs> So, so then what led you, since you have that background, like what actually led you to learning more about like what sustainability is known as today? Yeah, I would say being in the fashion industry helped me. So like I loved fashion. I like originally wanted to be a fashion designer growing up. And obviously that's not my goal or dreams anymore. Um, And then I wanted to be a fashion blogger. So I went to school um, on scholarship in New York City and Queens. And um, I, you know, really wanted to be a part of the fashion industry there. And I think going to school and meeting friends. So I actually met some really great friends that I'm still friends with today that mm-hmm. knew a little bit more about like fair labor and like labor costs. And like you, they were a little bit more into sustainability. Um, and being coming friends with them, I started joining clubs like Earth Club and um volunteering and um that opened my eyes to like what i know sustainability today and i then knew like i'm gonna throw out some big names so celine from slope factory and dominique drakeford like i started hearing and learning about them from like freshman sophomore year of college and that's like five to six years ago so Mm. (laughs) um i think yeah i think it's just like new york city like that opened my eyes and college opened my eyes and friends helped me get to that place. Right. Wow. Um, So since you said you started like wanting to be in fashion, what kind of made you back away from that? I would say I like watched um, True Cost and like, you know, Mm -hmm. joined in on the conversations that I was reading from like Dominic Drakeford and and Celine, like they had their own like Instagram. Well, they still have Instagrams, but you know, they had their, their form of like how they were spreading the word of sustainability and I would go to panels and I think I realized like oh wait 
women in other countries are not being treated fairly like this is horrible like we shouldn't be a part of this and like there's even sweatshops in um, New York City itself and specifically LA I think LA has a bigger problem when it comes to that um, mm-hmm. so seeing that it's not even it's alive and well of like labor um, disadvantages here in the US it's not just something that's overseas it's like it's everywhere um, right. I realized like how toxic that industry was and I then wanted to start to stay in the back <laughs> yeah yeah you know once you learn that it is so hard to like turn the blinders back off you know mm-hmm. yes 100%. yeah yeah so then now tell us about sustain the mag like how did you start it and like yeah how do how and why <laughs> yeah i would say i went to school for journalism and business mm-hmm. minor so i always wanted to like i think my main goal was like write for vogue one day be part of Condé nast yeah. and like but i didn't like where vogue was going i have a video out there somewhere on youtube saying like i want to kick anna wintour's butt so there's like a lot of <laughs> how I feel about the magazine fashion industry. Um, But I still wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, how do I be a part of it, even though it's not the best? Um, So I started like religiously looking at like other online magazines or blogs, like, um, you know, Dominique Drakeford's had um, Melanin and Sustainable Style. And then there Mm -hmm. was bigger publications like Refinery29, Um, And I was seeing like a trend that online um, magazines were becoming a thing because print I felt like was dying. Um, People that did print that made money are like the big guys, like the folks, the Vanity Fairs. And and also like I thought if you want to be sustainable in the magazine media industry, then I thought online was the best way to go. So I think what I wanted to do was do what I wanted to do with my dream of being at Vogue, but like making my own dream because I felt like their covers weren't um, inclusive to for everyone, like my friends. Like I don't see my friends on the covers of um, Vogue and I didn't see that sustainability and environmental justice was being talked about in the mainstream sense. Like even mm-hmm. on Refinery29, it was an independent, it was like an up and coming independent website, but it wasn't like, there was like maybe an article here and there, but it wasn't like 100% right. talking about that. Um, so all of this together, um, plus being in the Gen Z space, because I feel like I was very young and I also didn't feel like even the websites out there um, were maybe spewing towards the older um, millennials and not so much like the younger um, Gen Z who maybe can't afford big sustainable brands. So it was a mixture of all of that, like trying to be inclusive in terms of like, where people's economic backgrounds are from, who they are, um, their cultures, and making it fun and interactive was like the main um, focus point for Sustain the Mag. And then, yeah, that's that's how the story became to be. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, when you see a gap in the industry or whatever, like, why not just fill it? And you have definitely done that. And I love seeing all the articles that you do, like your recent cover with Jasmine Rogers is gorgeous. Like, like you said, you know, you don't typically see your friends or like your peers on, on magazines like that. And, you know, being able to see sustainable people in magazines is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's one of our favorite covers just cause it's so fun and bright. Yeah. yeah she's an awesome right. person. 
Yeah. So tell us more about the magazine. Like what types of, I mean, uh, of course I've like seen some of the different things like you do wellness and fashion and like culture and like food stuff. So when you're like creating articles and stuff, like who are you typically trying to speak to? Yeah, I would say currently, like obviously that pivot and evolve after four years, because at the beginning it was all about like trying to get people um, a part of the conversation because I felt like it wasn't as big, like sustainability wasn't talked about enough um, from what I understood from my like everyday peers. Mm -hmm. And then now that I feel like more and more people are involved, especially Gen Z, I feel like they're even more um, in tune than I am sometimes, which is great because like, they understand the, the crisis at hand. So I think um, now we're trying to find ways of interconnecting more conversations to the already existing conversation. So instead of talking about like stainless steel straws, which we did at the very beginning, we're talking right. about like, um, we're talking about like, you know, Nowruz, for example, like we're talking about uh, Persian New Year and like talking within Iranian environmentalists, we're talking about, um, you know, ways to recycle certain plastics that some people might not be as in tune. We're talking about like dismantling like the system in terms of like how to push for change with like in the governments and corporations, um, both online on our website, but also on social media, because sometimes they have different conversations going on. Um, And like even gaming, like how how the sustainable industry is affecting the gate or how, how the gaming industry is affecting the climate crisis and like solutions in that area like i never thought that gaming and games like you know video games could be a part of that so right. we're just finding any industry any thing and connecting it back to like environmental justice and sustainability in the conversation yes exactly right i love that it's i i've kind of had the same type of um evolution with the podcast is like, you know, when you first start out, you're kind of talking about the basics, but then as you see your audience is growing and not everyone are starters, you know, in this, in this lifestyle, you do kind of want to, you know, give them information too. So it's nice that, you know, you're providing the entertainment and also like really educating people too. So I love that. Um, Now, you kind of mentioned like, you know, how your, how the, how the magazine has like evolved, but I also want to know too, like, have you seen any shifts in like the media and how sustainability is covered by larger publications since you've started? Yeah. I mean, it definitely has been covered by many big publications. Like I, the New York times, for example, wrote an article that feature, I'm sure friends of ours that we all know, like about vegan and christy and a few mm-hmm. other eco you know creators and um advocates and activists so we're seeing now like big publications talking about it vogue is now talking about it more so than ever <laughs> than they did yeah. back four years ago um but i think um because it's so mainstream i'm noticing like people are having a hard time like what to believe because like now we're seeing like big corporations even talking about it like shell for example the or exxon mobile like big fossil fuel companies that maybe um shouldn't have a space at the table because they're their cause and they're not really giving back to mm-hmm. black indigenous folks that they have caused harm so it's interesting because 
it's great that it's mainstream, but it can cause harm depending on who's the, who's holding the conversation. Like, is it being backed by a corporation that has like lobbying money in gas and yeah. oil? So yeah, that's that's where I feel um, why independent media still independent and nonprofit media should still be like at the forefront because then it's like um, you know if. Um, What's his name? Jeff Bezos's company is talking about it. Um, his publication, um, then like Washington Post, then it's like where, like, who? How are you gonna believe what they're talking about when like their one of their main investors is you know in charge of Amazon, which is like causing a lot of harm. So it's a very nuanced like topic, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, greenwashing can happen in the media too, not just with, you know, companies and their products that they're promoting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, since sustainability is like kind of like a key word now, you know, a lot of people are using it and it's, you know, it's popping up more in the media and whatnot. And um, people have been like some of our peers, I think Christy and, um, Leah from Green Girl Leah, like went to the, you know, like different climate conversations and panels and stuff like that. And I know you were just at South by Southwest. So tell me about that experience and like how it's like received by, by normal people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first I want to say it was a great experience. Like it was a dream of mine to yeah. attend South by for, since I was a young girl, young person yeah. in middle school. So it was cool to like get to the sustainable mag to me in my eyes i still think of it like a very small publication we're not you know new york times <laughs> um so it's cool that they you know allowed for us to attend as press and get press passes so we can because in reality like the ticket prices for these festivals are really expensive especially south by southwest because it's not mm -hmm. just a music festival where you know you're paying like a couple hundred you're paying in the thousands for these tickets because it's like a interactive from film panels music events all it's like all the festivals you can think about in one um yeah. so prices are can be into the thousands and i do want to say i'm thankful for being having that experience um but the sucky part is we did apply for a panel to speak at South by Southwest. And we wanted to specifically speak about environmental justice in media and like what that looked like. Um, we were gonna have Deandra from Intersectional Environmentalists. Um, and then we were gonna have the founder of Ethical Style Journal. Um, it's a black owned print um, that sustainable fashion magazine based in San Antonio. So we didn't get it, unfortunately. Um, but then hearing that, you know, Shell did get a panel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they did have climate change as one of their sessions. Like they have like different topic points of their panels. And thankfully climate change was one of them. They had a whole track of sessions for climate change, but then they have like Shao talking about their net, you know, going net um, zero neutral mm -hmm. um, pack by like 2050. So that was a little mm -hmm. disappointing here, but mm -hmm ultimately we are still glad to go and hope to make change for the next few years so they know that maybe we shouldn't allow for those big companies to like greenwash uh, at their their festivals so there's a lot of yeah. change to be made in like all industries for sure exactly yeah and it seems like it's moving there but it seems like it's so slow 
-hmm. you know, so that is very disappointing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's like, what's coming up for sustain? Yeah. Future goals, plans. Yeah, we're, we have a lot of goals in mind. I think we definitely want a long-term goal of ours is to have a print, um, like coffee table book, maybe one time edition. It doesn't have to be like a monthly or yearly thing. We just want to test the waters of a coffee table book, something a little bit different, um, that people can read from all of our writers and maybe do some editorials. Um, So that's definitely a far out goal of ours. And then we do our digital covers virtually, and we're excited that we're going to have probably three more coming out this year. So stay tuned for that. Um, We don't like to announce who they are until they get um, published, but they are really fun to work with because it allows for us to highlight people you might not see um, in everyday covers or media, but... um, yeah, we're just we're just excited to have that platform and to continue that project. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for those two projects, hopefully in the pipeline soon. Yeah, that's so exciting. Again, like it's so fun just seeing all of your covers coming out and you know, just reading all of the articles and stuff that your people produce. Has it been difficult to find um, writers for the mag? And actually, no, we have a pretty good um writer base and we um are compensating now so originally when we started sustain the mag we were all college students so it was like really hard to compensate writers when we ourselves are like figuring out life um but life is being figured out and we are able to compensate our writers and that's been really great to see and we hope to increase that compensation and you know as we continue to grow um and but yeah we have writers coming to us like almost every week which is great um and we're trying to publish like five articles or more a month that's awesome wow i love to see it (laughs) um so like how can we support you you know like aside from like following on instagram and all that is there anything else that we can do to help out the magazine yeah i mean definitely we're always open for like if you know anyone that you believe and deserves to be featured on our covers, like reach out to us or like want to have an article written about them. Um, so we always are willing to connect. We want to support others. Like we're also about like a community and like supporting other companies and brands and, you know, creators who are doing awesome stuff in this space. Um, and then in terms of supporting us, we do have a Patreon where, and this is one of the reasons that helps us pay our writers is everything that we get um, donation wise or Patreon wise, it goes back to the, the people, like the creators we work with, our team, um, our writers. So um, yeah, definitely for anyone out there that wants to help us out, because media is not dead, but it's also hard to, um, you know, make money off of. I will be transparent right. there. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would just say, yeah, follow us on Instagram and share our posts and amplify the the work that all of our amazing team and writers are doing. Yes. Do you also work with sponsors or advertisers? We do. Yes. So we do paid partnerships. We, um, 
we've worked with like Imperfect Foods, so some big brands and then also some small, smaller brands. And we love doing that because we like to do it in our own unique way. And that's what we tell mm-hmm. brands. Like we want to story tell as long as we feel that they fit our mission, we will work with them and then we'll come up with a great concept that's a little bit unique. So it's not so much like an ad. Um, right. It's more storytelling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. And um, just so that everyone knows, where can they find you online? Yes. So you can find us at sustainthemag.com. And then you can find us on TikTok and Instagram. We have a TikTok now, um, both at sustainthemag. And yeah, just feel free to email me, DM us. We are a little slow at responding because we talk about being more in tune with our lives and like we're not always working as much as we, we try to avoid that culture with stay in the mag so be patient with us but we'll definitely respond and reach out back yes yes please go follow <laughs> it's you know an amazing publication and they share a lot of great information and it has been such a pleasure having you here today reza um, my last question is what does being a sustainable brown girl mean to you yeah, no, thank you again so much for having me. And um, yeah, I just want to kind of quickly note, like, I love this question. Um, I want to be very transparent with like how I feel like I am a woman of color based on like my background being Iranian and Mexican. But I do want to understand my privilege of, you know, my proximity to, you know, my whiteness based on my complexion. Um, so I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I think that's important. Um, based on how I view um, the world, I guess, (laughs) through identities that I have. Um, But being a woman of color, because I still have the lived-in experiences of being Iranian and Mexican and like what that looked like growing up, um, I think what it means to me is essentially like understanding those experiences and understanding the experiences I see my peers who are also in these communities, like what they face and understanding the importance of like, first, like protecting them, like protecting them based on like what they deal with um, in an everyday life and like protecting them in the sense of like making sure like I use my privilege for the better and like for the good of um, whether that's in my work, like with Sustain the Mag or my personal life um, and understanding that we need to like, so specifically, like, um, support, you know, these communities, Black and Indigenous communities. Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is that um, really understanding that, like, we need to protect and support um, these communities because of my lived-in experiences, I'm, I'm able to understand that and, and help. And that's where Sustain the Mag kind of relates to that, because I always am about uplifting and supporting others and their stories um, over myself. So that's kind of like where everything ties in together. Everything's like 360 and it comes full circle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, your description of Sustain the Mag, like on the website, is about like um, allowing diverse voices to be heard and, you know, being an inclusive space. And it most definitely is that. So I really appreciate you making sustain and, you know, allowing for people to share their perspectives and, you know, just amplifying all voices and particularly voices of color within sustainability and environmentalism. So yes, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure.
Thank you again. I'm so glad about being here and getting to chat with you. Yay. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.